are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Last Sunday evening, I had the joy to preach in this pulpit, and I mentioned to you how that every year, as it draws close to the end of the year, uh, September, October, November, December, as I reflect back over the year, it's very obvious that God always has given me a verse or something, and I've sort of clung to that verse throughout the entire year. In addition, in fact, I've listed those in my prayer journal, those verses through the years. In addition, it seems like as I draw closer to the end of the year, sometimes in the summer I'm already realizing that there's a song that I happen to sing. I don't have a song for 2020 yet, but something very unusual happened. I didn't wait till the end of the year. About two weeks ago, God spoke to my heart from his word regarding what I preached last Sunday night, John 3.30. He must, he must increase. I must I know that's my verse for this year. I know that verse is for me. I believe that verse should be for you. Uh, Decrease yourself. Increase God. I know that's what I need. This verse is very similar this week. It's not going to go down in my journal of the verse of the year. It's John 3.30. He must increase. I must decrease. But I want you to see verse number eight with me this morning. We'll go back in a few moments and back up. But I want you to see verse number eight. Chapter four, verse eight, where it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Would you read that with me, please, together? Ready, begin. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I love the way you always read with enthusiasm, like you believe it. Try it again. That's wonderful. Let's try it one more time. Ready, begin. Draw nigh. You see, as we look at our life in 2020 and compared to 2019, we have either drawn closer to God than we were a year ago at this time. Last year, I loved my church. Where were you spiritually? Where was I spiritually? I would hope that we've grown. God says when there's not growth or drawing nigh, Jeremiah repeatedly says there's backsliding. We're sliding back. We're either pressing on the upward way today or we're sliding back. And we all have a tendency to backslide. There's no one that doesn't backslide sometimes. Perhaps we don't read our Bible like we should or we don't pray like we should or we've missed opportunities to give the gospel or we've not uh, confessed our sins to God, not to me. Don't confess them to me. I can't forgive your sin. No church can forgive your sin. No man can. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. But I'm either sliding back, and we've all done it. I could think of times when I was a teenager and I'd slide back a little bit. And I'd get right sometimes at a camp, sometimes at a youth hour, sometimes at church, sometimes just alone with God in my house as a teenager. I'd just get right with God and get back on fire and then sometimes just slide back. You folks that believe that you're just perfection, uh, you're in for a rude awakening. It doesn't always work that way. But there should be growth. 
I should be drawing nigh to God. There's many things and many areas that he deals with us here. What are obstacles that draws away? Couples, let's think about you for a moment. Are you closer to your mate today than you were a year ago? May it not be just Friday the 14th, Valentine's Day. May it not be just that day. I hope that your marriage, you're growing closer to one another. Undoubtedly in a room this size, a crowd this size in this auditorium, there's a husband and wife, you're going through a hard time. You don't understand her and she doesn't understand you. And you're having arguments and disagreements and frustrations with one another. If that's the case, get it right. We'll see today briefly what creates that division in a home. And many homes have it. I know because I've pastored this church a long time. And I deal with people that say things like this. I just don't understand this woman. I'm not happy at all with her. She is impossible to live with. And vice versa. He is so obstinate. He's so narcissistic. He's so out of bounds. And that happens in marriages. Has your marriage gotten closer? Has your church become closer to you? Are you drifting away? And when we drift away from our mate, we always blame our mate. And when we drift away from the church, we always blame the church. Are we drifting away from God? And we always blame something else. Are we drifting today in our relationship with God? Years ago, I remember capturing this truth, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh to you. And I've illustrated it so many times through the years, you're probably tired of it. But Brother Pusin, if you'll stand on the edge of that carpet there, and I'll stand right here. And Brother Pusin, I tell you last night at men's prayer, after prayer, I just hung around, and I was hearing you pray. And God got in that. I saw Brother, brother another one of my staff, I just hung around listening to you pray with the prayer partner. God got in your prayer last night. You could see it. I could sense it. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I remember when he was lost and so many years ago, 30 some years ago, got saved and has a beautiful wife and a beautiful family and kids that love the Lord. And we're just so proud of who he is. You represent, if you will, for this illustration, God. And I'll represent myself, man, Jack, and God, I want you to be close to me. But if you'll go back, because it doesn't work that way, does it? I want you to be close to me, God. And I can demand him, get over here. God, where are you? I've gone to church. I've read my Bible. I prayed. I gave money. I gave to that I love my church. I, I gave up sin. I, where are you, God? I can recall one time, one time, pastor in this church, I got frustrated in prayer. I was driving home from a meeting, and I was praying and pouring out my heart to God. I think I was on I-5, and I was just pouring out my heart to God, and in the midst of it, I got overwhelmed. I said, God, I think, I don't think you're listening to me. And as soon as I spoke that way, I said, oh, dear God, God, 
please forgive me. Please, I, 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 I have no right to address you that way. So sometimes maybe you're demanding God or you try the other way. Oh, please, God, help me. I'm so sorry. Help me, God. And there he stands. Because you don't order God around. God says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. You make the first step. God, I want to be close to you. I want to draw nigh to you. Look at that. Whew. Lord, I have so many needs today. I, I want to be a good man. I want to be a righteous man. I want to be a godly man. I want to be a kind man. Would you please help me with this? God, I just, this is what I have a desire in my life. Lord, I want to win souls to Christ. And I want to read my Bible more. And I want to obey the Bible God, please draw close to me. You know, pretty soon we're walking together. Draw nigh to God. He'll always draw nigh. The problem's not God. The problem's me. Thank you, Brother Poussin. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there. But something happens to get me separated. Look what it says in verse one. From whence come, chapter, chapter four, from whence come wars, wars and fightings among you. It's not talking about World War III or World War II or World, this wars, this fighting going on. He's speaking to God's people, from whence come wars, fightings among you. A church that fights, a person that fights with God it's not going to have the presence of God, God to draw nigh to him. God will not draw nigh when there's fighting. If, if, if I'm fighting with Pastor Bertram here and I'm upset with Brother Bertram and I have aught in my heart and there's war and there's fighting, God says, I can't draw nigh, Jack. I want to, but you have wars and fightings among you. Look what he says in verse two, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire and have and cannot attain because ye, three words, read them together, ready? Fight and war. Churches should not be warring with one another. Families should not be warring with one another. I'm talking about not only children in the home, I'm talking about adult families. You have had aught in your heart toward your brother, your sister, your mother, your dad. You've hung the phone up. I'm not calling back. They can call back. There's a family problem going on with adult family members and you're mad. Don't expect God to draw an eye to you. There's wars and there's fightings. Notice what he says, please, if you will. <coughs> If you'll back up to chapter number three, verse 16, let's read it together. Ready, begin. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and You see, chapter four, verse eight doesn't work. Chapter four, verse eight will not work when there's envy and strife 
and wars and fighting. You can pray all day long. You can fast. You can disfigure yourself. You can give things up. But there's war and there's fighting. I'm not talking to my wife. I'm not talking to my husband. I'm not talking to my parents. I'm not talking to my siblings. I'm not going to. I'm still mad over the will of mother and dad. Mother offered this and dad gave me this. And my sister or my brother or my someone got it. I'll never talk to them. Why are you arguing over some dead person's wealth? Notice if you go back to chapter 3 again, how about verse 14? Let's read it together. These all go together. Chapter 3, 14. Ready? Begin. But if you have bitter... You see, so if I am, if I'm at ought, we have prayer meetings in this church and Churches across America, Wednesday night used to be called an America prayer meeting night. You can pray all you want. But friend, if there's an ought between you and your brother in Christ, your family, your marriage, your home, you can demand God, get over here. Get, get over here. I don't understand you, God. You can get mad at God. You can yell at God. You can say, I'm never going back to God's house again. I'm not going back to church. You can get as mad as you want. But the problem is not God. My problem is not getting along with people. We're never going to legislate this thing in America to get along with one another. But if we put people back in the house of God and back in the prayer meetings, and back, back singing songs and hymns and shouting and praising God and using the old time altar. And all of a sudden, I was out here two years ago at Christmas in the lobby. An Arab family was visiting. I can't remember the country. I want to say they were visiting from Iraq or Iran. They're out there and they said, they're Christians. They said, we want to take a picture with you, Pastor by the Christmas tree, would you do that? And I said, I'd be very happy to do that. And those Arabs were standing by that tree and I, I looked around and I saw another couple come through and I didn't know who they were. I said, sir, would you be willing to take a picture of this family? They're from whatever country, Iraq. Would you be willing to take our picture? And they said, I'd be very delighted to. I said, by the way, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Bethlehem, Israel. And the Jew, who was a Christian, took a picture with the Arab, who was a Christian. And they talked in the lobby together at the great North Valley Baptist Church. What does that? When Jesus Christ saves a soul, he can change a life. And Jew and Arab can get along and black and white and red and brown and blue and green or whatever color you want to call yourself and male and female. And, and friend, there's a way to get along. But why are our church fighting? Churches are fighting. There's arguments. And when that happens, we'll never be drawing nigh to God. When there's sin, Verse four, the adulterers and adulteresses knowing not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever there will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. 
And so here I am, and pastor, all of a sudden now, the, 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 this world's got a hold of me. And I'm loving drugs, and I'm loving uh, immorality, and I'm, I'm loving rock and roll music, and I'm loving my own way, and I'm loving alcohol. I'm loving the fast lane. I'm doing my own thing. And I have a need. God, you're gonna have to help me. God says, you're not drawing nigh. Your sin is enmity against me. You are separating yourself from me. So, well, I don't drink and drugs and do this and that. I, I'm not doing all that stuff. Yeah, but what are you doing? Well, I'm just laying out of Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I don't tithe. I don't read my Bible. I don't pray. I don't walk humbly before God. I've got it all figured out. I really don't need God because I've got such a smart brain. And if we're not careful, the world captures us. I like the world's philosophy, we say. Church has so many rules and regulations. Church has so much, so much you can't do things. I like, I like the world. I'm not gonna get a drunk, I just like to take a little wine. Yeah, but God says you're a fool. Because it's a mocker. Strong drinkers raging. Who servers deceived thereby? The big thing on the internet now is trying to justify how well in the Greek or in the Hebrew. No, God says wine is a mocker. Strong drinkers are raging. You cannot point to one Christian you've ever met who's grown in the Lord drinking alcohol. Well, God, I'm gonna just drink this, but I, it's no big deal, it's just a social drink, but you get over here. He's not coming because my fightings and my war separate my relationship and my sin separates it and then my pride, notice what he says. Verse six, he giveth more grace. He saith, God resisteth the proud. God resists us. He resists the person who has sinned because he said that's enmity with me. He resists the person that's argumentative and fighting and always causing division because that is not who God is. And we're wondering why God's still over there and we're over here and I just can't seem to move God. God doesn't want me to move him. God wants me to move me. And I need to take the step toward him. And so he says here, when you won't humble yourself, and I've said it all these years, this is not humility, this is arthritis. Humility is not thinking low of yourself. Humility is not thinking of yourself. We esteem others better than ourselves. We wanna do what our wife wants to do. We wanna meet her need. We wanna live for her. How can I help her? What can I do? I'm gonna do this just to help her. She's such a good woman. And vice versa, woman to man. What in the world are you young couples thinking? Why are you going mad to bed, mad at your wife, mad at your husband, mad at your family? I'm hanging on to every sweet day I can get with that woman. I have no life without her. You're fools. When you make a division in your home, you're foolish. Brother and Mrs. Van Dyke have been married so many years over there. Brother and Mrs. McCracken so many years and throughout this house, people have been married 60 years and more. They'll tell you, we don't want to live alone. Wayne, we don't want to live alone. 
Brother Miller, we don't want, Brother John, we don't want to live alone. Brother Bob, we want, we want the mate, Dr. Brother Carter, we want the mate God's brought into our life. Why do you have to have such division in your home? Why do we have to ask for so much sin in our homes and lives? Why do we have to be so proud, arrogant? But notice the text. God tells us what to do. Just draw nigh to me. And when I draw nigh, here's what's going to happen. Verse 8, we'll cleanse our hands. We'll cleanse our hands. And we'll purify, secondly, our hearts. And we'll stop this double-mindedness. We'll be single-mindedness because a man that is double-minded is unstable in all of his ways. So often I talk to young people in their 20s and God bless them, they wanted to get married and they should get, have that desire. Nothing wrong with that and you will. Trust me, you will. God's gonna bring the right person. But then you start, you're over here, you begin to worry. I don't think I'm gonna have the right person. I don't, I, don't, there's, I don't see anybody. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm still in church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm doing church, I'm doing all this church stuff. Nothing's happening, there's no girl, so, uh, there's no guy, there's no this, I, I don't know, I'm just gonna find somebody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find that person. And you worry. And then you pray, and then you worry, and then you pray. You're double-minded. You cannot make a right choice. My wife could tell you the exact date, but it was about this exact time. I was working for her dad. And she really didn't like me, and I didn't like her. She played the piano. I led the music. She wasn't very excited about it. And as she started playing too fast or something, I said, I, I correct her. Oh, boy, that went over real well. Now, slow, Cindy, slow, 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 slow that down here with the choir. You're going too fast. And that went on for about a year. And then one day she got her rope out. And she started twirling that rope. And she threw it and reeled me in. I'll never forget that day there was weeping and wailing in America. I had a black book I carried with the names of girls and their numbers. And I remember when she lassoed me, all those girls had realized they missed out. The first name was my mother's name. <laughs> then I had my two sisters, Judy and Jill. Then I had my Aunt Elmer. I didn't have any girlfriends, but uh, somehow, I'll tell you what, I can remember the Wednesday night after church on the way to First National Bank. I was making $25 a week at that church. And I'll tell you what, I've told you this so many times. It was about this time of year, I think, exactly. And we went and deposited that $25 check. And she said, okay, Jack, I had an old 65 Ford. Well, it wasn't old, really, but big old bench seat. She's over there hugging her door, and I'm hug over here hugging my door. 
And I'll never forget, she goes, what am I in trouble for? Well, I'm glad she's thinking right. She said, what am I in trouble for? I said, nothing. I kind of just wanted to be with you tonight. And you know what was so amazing? I turned that car to the next corner, and though it was going this way, she slid all the way across. We could have put 10 people in that front seat. I'll tell you what, don't add up because it was almost one month shy of seven years before we had a child. But from that date to the wedding was nine months. There have been some times I have not understood that lady. And I think I know the problem. The problem is she thinks like a woman instead of thinking like I think. I honestly try to think. I don't know when we've had a conflict. We probably have. She doesn't want any conflicts. I don't want any conflicts. I look back over these wonderful years of marriage since that Valentine month. I, I, I love her so much. I love being with her. It's amazing that the two have become one. She now thinks like a man. It's wonderful. It's amazing how I think like a woman. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. I don't know if you recall, we were driving two, three, four years ago down Montague Expressway, and we crossed over the railroad, the, the transit tracks, and all of a sudden, before Zanka Road, we both started singing a song at the same place. I don't know where that came from. And we weren't listening on the radio. It was just, just part of us. We, we think the same. We've become one. And I'll tell you what, I don't mean this irreverent, but if she was there and I was here, and she's allowed me to work long hours and long days, but if she would call, if she was at home and she went through because we worked together, she said, I need you to come and do something for me. Can you come? When she calls, well, I want to answer. I, I want to answer because I want to do everything I can because I love her so much. And I feel like that's how she is to me. And I draw close to her and she draws close to me. Our daughter, Tiffany, this Tuesday will be married 20 years. It's a long time. When she got married and left our home, it was sad. And then Tabitha got married and left our home and it was sad. And then Tim got married and left our home and it was sad for a day. <laughs> we love those kids. We love them and we love those 14 grandkids. But I'm going to tell you something. We don't want them to marry, move back home. Stay married. Stay out of our lives. <laughs> That's not true. I think about them all day long. But they have their homes and we have ours. And no, our house is very quiet, just the two of us. But we've been able to draw close to one another. 
Those kids just did not keep us together, and we love our kids. We're so proud of them. Two of them are pastors, and one's a principal of a Christian school. They're such perfect kids. They're good kids. We love them so much. And those precious grandkids, more to my wife than to me, they text her all the time, talking to her nana all the time. They have a need. We want to draw nigh. Hey, Papa and Nana, we're selling candy at our Christian school. Would you like to buy some? Exactly what I want it to do. Just keep the candy. I'll send the money. Look at the verse. Verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. The closer I get to God, the dirtier I look. Because he's light, and he magnifies, Jack, this isn't right. And if I can get close to God, I can get close to my mate. Someone once said it's like a pyramid, husband and wife. She's here and he's here. God's here. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to one another. Brother Van Dyke and Sister Jackie, we're like you. We're loving this stage in our life because we're together. We're drawn closer together. God wants you close to him. You sweet young couples, young people. There's got a lot of things going to tell you that you can, you can have this a different way. But that's not true. You're going to have to draw a line of God. You're going to have to work at it. Confessing our sins and walking humbly before God and reading His Word and praying. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.